Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rethink Retail. I'm your host, Julia Hare, and joining me today is Ariel Kay. She's the founder and chief executive officer of Parachute Home, a brand just taking the internet and, and physical world by storm. Um, you guys are amazing. Welcome to the show, Ariel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I found out about Parachute Home uh, a while back, I would say within the last year. Um, and you guys have a ton of amazing social media content. I, that's how I found you guys through the influencer channel, but I want to hear about the backstory. Where, where did you get the idea? What inspired you to start parachute? Sure. So, um, goes way back to 2012. Um, and really even before that, but I, um, my background's actually in advertising marketing. Um, I spent many years working in New York at big agencies, um, but separately and on the side, I've always been obsessed with home and interior design. And I spent many years having an interior design blog and helping friends decorate their homes for fun and getting them photographed and um, really was super passionate about hosting and creating comfortable and welcoming spaces. Um, and in that process became a super consumer and, you know, was shopping all the time and spending a lot of time in different retail stores and um, just falling in love with the home category. And in 2012, like I mentioned, um, I was working at a big agency, really feeling kind of like I was um, reaching the end of that part of my career and wanting to do something more entrepreneurial and had one of those aha moments where I thought, what if I merged my interest in building brands and connecting with people and really inspiring and motivating customers with my love of home and design. And, um, you know, this is around the time that uh, the first and early D2C companies were really gaining momentum. And so I also saw this new shopping um, channel, a new way of engaging with customers emerging. And I was so inspired and felt it was so relevant to who I was as a consumer. And I decided to go for it. That's amazing. And would you say that being at an agency and just that fast paced lifestyle in New York prepared you? for launching your own company? I mean, there's so much that goes into it. It must have been a lot of a lot of big learning curves for, from sourcing and product, everything. Yeah. I mean, so I had never worked in retail. I had never worked in, you know, designing physical products. Um, so there was a huge learning curve. But I do think that the through line for me was just being really passionate about storytelling and really understand how to connect with customers and really what it meant to be a customer first business. Um, and that's something that I think has set us up for success and has been um, a really important part of what has uh, made Parachute what it is today is just our absolute focus on how do we build the best experience? How do we connect with the customer? How do we do so authentically and really staying true to ourselves? Um, you know, there's a lot of noise in the category. And since I launched, there have been a number of other brands that have launched, um, you know, trying to do similar things and being focused and being clear on who we are and how we want to operate in the world has definitely, I think, helped the customer see us um, as a value-driven brand. Mm-hmm. And you talked about brand a lot and how important it is. Was that was that a challenge as you scaled to make sure that you were really, really clear with the vision for your all of your team members as to what the brand means and, and how you present yourselves? 
Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, I had a very clear idea of what the brand should be in the beginning days. And then as we built a team and as we've evolved and as we moved into a number of different categories, we've continued to evolve that um, that part of our business um, collectively and as a team. Um, but the foundation has always remained the same. Um, you know, I think you should grow with your customer. You should grow and evolve as a brand. But, um, you know, for us, it meant that our core business and values were always going to be centered around quality and comfort um, and authenticity. And so I think as long as we've we've had these like similar guardrails that have sustained and, and continued to be super important to who we are, but we've allowed ourselves to also grow and evolve with our customer, um, you know, as we're always listening and, and, and looking to improve um, the experience both on and offline and with our products. Mm-hmm. That's right. I like how you compared it to the, the guardrails um, for the brand, what it means. You, I have in our research, you started out around 2014 going D2C. What was the turning point when you decided this is it, we're going to we're going to open a store. You know, I always knew retail would be a part of the business. Um, one of the things that I was, you know, that I had learned early on, um, and even before I launched Parachute and doing research about the home category was that this was a category, you know, and again, we're talking in 2010, 11, 12, where um, 90% of these purchases were made offline. So there wasn't a big digital component to textiles and and buying sheets online. People went to stores, they went to big box retailers to buy these products. There wasn't a brand really, you know, apart from some of the super high-end um retail brands and retailers that were um really owning brand. It was like you would go to a big box retailer and you would find a product that was there. And most people when I asked, you know, what what do you have on your bed could tell me what store they went to, but they couldn't tell me what brand they actually purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I knew that there would be lots of customers who wanted to touch and feel the product that wanted to see it firsthand. And so in an effort to be where our customers were, I knew that it would be critical to our success to be able to create that physical space and to rethink the way that these products are purchased in store um, because most of the the retail experiences were really old school. They were big, big retailers with floor to stack ceilings of products, and it wasn't very appealing um, mm-hmm. yeah. to me. And so, you know, I thought, what if we did it differently and created beautiful spaces with beautiful products that felt like a home? Um, you know, we could really inspire the customer and create a connection. Mm-hmm. I think we're both envisioning the same store <laughs> when you walk in. And- <laughs> People are sticking their hand into the sides of the linens to feel them and they're like all over the place. So uh, I definitely get the sense of the the curated experience and how that's evolved with your brand. Did the pandemic impact you guys in a significant way? I mean, how how has it been the last three years for you? Uh, Sure. I mean, so the pandemic affected us in a number of ways. Um, you know, March, 2020, you know, shook us all the whole world. There was a lot of uncertainty. We had to think about what the business would look like if it went in a number of different directions was, which was an exercise that we had never done before to that extent. Um, we had to make some tough decisions in order to protect the business, but then, um, 
home just became the center of everything and everyone. So we um, quickly saw an acceleration in our business and a real demand for our products as people were spending all of this time at home wanting to refresh their spaces, wanted to create um, a more beautiful, comfortable space when they realized that they were going to be confined within those four walls, you know, for quite some time. We did have to close all of our stores for many months, like everyone. um, And that was certainly challenging. We were able to introduce um, services like our virtual styling consultation program, which became really successful. Um, We actually launched that in the fall of 2019, but we were able to ramp it up you know, now that our stores were closed and that was a great way to connect with customers. We did feel some pressure um, in our supply chain, um, but we were really fortunate that it didn't really affect much of our product launches or product development. It was more, you know, in our 3PLs and, and you know, people just getting people to work was really hard, um, but we did okay. I mean, we, all things considered, you know, there was this kind of dual thing that happened with the acceleration of home as a category and also people being forced to shop online. Um, And I think a lot of people who had normally just gone to their local big box store to buy these products were all of a sudden online thinking, "Hmm, maybe there's another brand that would be better suited for me. And, and so we were able to really grow and, um, and be really nimble and resourceful and and make things happen. One of my favorite things about 2022 is that we are finally getting back to live person events. And one event Rethinker Retail is especially looking forward to this year is Shop Talk Europe. Taking place June 6th through 8th at Excel London, Shop Talk Europe is the new home for Europe's retail and grocery changemakers. The event is expected to see over 2,500 decision makers from leading retailers and brands. You'll also see startups, tech firms, investors, media like Rethink Retail, and analysts from around the world. Yes, we are all coming together to learn, network, collaborate, and evolve. The event will host more than 200 industry speakers. And if that wasn't enough to keep you busy, More than 250 companies will be showcasing the latest trends and innovations that are transforming the global retail sector. Qualifying retailers and brands can attend Shop Talk Europe for free and receive up to a 500-pound travel reimbursement through Shop Talk's world-renowned hosted meeting program. For more information to see the lineup, or to register your company, shoptalkeurope.com is the place to visit. Again, that is shoptalkeurope.com. And the virtual styling is really interesting. Does that still have some stickiness with your customers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we've been investing quite a bit into that program as well as our trade program, which connects our brand with interior designers. But yes, absolutely. We um, we love that program. It's a program that we see continuing forever. Um, and, you know, even with our our really aggressive retail rollout plans, um, you know, we'll never be everywhere. And so it's a nice opportunity for people who want some additional one-on-one um, you know, support or help, or just want to talk through potential styling options and get feedback. Um, and we create these really beautiful shoppable lookbooks that we share with, um, with our, uh, with the folks that, 
that make appointments and, and go through the virtual styling consultation program. And um, it's been really um, successful and, and a great way for customers to get to know us better and to um, get that high touch experience that you otherwise would only get in store. Absolutely. And is that across a lot of your products for the home and is it free? It is free. Yeah. So anyone can make an appointment um, and it can be a call or, you know, most people do a Zoom um, so that we can actually see pictures of their home or see their home while we're discussing. Um, Sometimes people send pictures ahead of time. Um, And yeah, we can, I mean, I have done a number of the styling consultations myself and, you know, some people want to focus solely on the bedroom. Some people are interested in um, getting our input on art or on decor or things that, you know, we actually don't even carry. They just want our expertise. And so um, it's been great to see people just, you know, who are, who appreciate our aesthetic and the way that we style pictures beyond the products we carry and, and want um, our opinions. But yeah, there's no kind of limitations to what those conversations need to be about. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we can only, there's only so many products in our assortment that we can recommend, <laughs> but um, we're always looking to be helpful. And I know that our, our styling consultations, um, you know, we'll pull in other products that we think could be helpful and, and effective in the space and, and make sense. So it's a great program. It's worth a, sh- it's worth an, ex- you know, a shot and just, um, having a fun conversation. I've had a number of friends, um, have a really great time talking to our styling consults and stylists. Yes, absolutely. It sounds like a great service. I mean, I'm thinking about it for myself now that I yeah, you know, totally should check it out. It sounds cool. I mean, there were a lot of, uh, small companies that I know tried to make a whole business out of just styling virtual design. Um, I don't think most of them have been very successful, but I can totally see how as an add-on service for a brand like Parachute, it just aligns really well and adds a lot of value for the customer because it's hard to make these choices. Yeah. And we, yeah, like I said, we have people who have never purchased from us before. We also have people that have like, you know, come into the store, bought a bunch of products online and just want our input on how to actually style it once it's in the home. And, um, yeah, it's been really, it's been a really fun program to see grow. Mm-hmm. And how to mix and match. Yeah, exactly. Mix and match fabrics and colors. Or karate and... chop the pillow. Are you a pillow karate chopper? I, I, I appreciate a karate chop. <laughs> <laughs> so I know there was a lot of debate online about that uh, recently that I saw, but I wanted to ask you because D2C has been a hot topic. I mean, a lot of people would argue even that D2C has always been around. It's just a different way of positioning, I guess, that business model, but Casper mattress is, is one in, in a similar space as you guys. And they really struggled. I think in 2020, that a 90 million loss. So they're still operating. Um, I believe at a loss today. Did that intimidate you at all when, when you were first starting or has it have other D to C players influenced your strategy or have you focused on, on your own? Um, I think we really focus on our own. I mean, Casper, you know, there's, I think there's a number of different types of brands. You know, there are certain brands that focus on one singular product, like a mattress, um, and they do that great. And they sell a lot of mattresses. Um, We've taken a different approach to becoming a lifestyle brand. It's been, you know, we've, we now have eight plus categories that we're in. We've introduced over six in the past three years. Um, We're looking more at like the breadth and depth and owning the whole home from an assortment perspective. And so it, it, there's such different businesses. I mean, I think D to C 
there's, there's brands that are, you know, D to C that are constantly discounting and that's their acquisition tool. And they're always on sale. And, you know, we don't discount, we discount twice a year, but you'll never see us on sale at any other point. You know, I think, um, there are a number other of ways that people build businesses and, um, they create different types of models, um, and things that are Mm -hmm. successful. And, um, so, you know, we, we spend most of our time focusing on continuing to do what we do, um, cause it seems to be working and, um, but we're obviously, you know, we're aware of what's happening with other companies and it's a huge, huge category. So there's room for many players to be successful and, um, the awareness to the home category in general benefits all of us. Mm-hmm. And speaking of awareness, we mentioned earlier, the presence you have on social media is pretty impressive. I took a look recently. I think it was half, it was well over half a million Instagram followers. How is that strategy come into play? Do you guys sit down? Do you have a team that sits down and thinks about the different influencer tiers, like nano, micro, macro that you work with, or has it been more organic than that? Um, It's been both. I mean, we we have influencers that reach out to us that want to partner together. And we also, you know, are, you know, reaching out to people that we think could be a good fit and introducing them to the brand and finding ways to work together. Um, I think we've seen varying success across all tiers, you know, whether it's a micro influencer or someone that's, you know, a much larger influencer. I think our strategy today has geared towards less of those you know, people who have many millions of followers and more people that have really cultivated engaged communities. Um, you know, we, we work on an affiliate model with most of our investor or investors, our influencers, um, and, uh, you know, are always looking to build longer term relationships. So, um, there was a time where influencers, where you would, you know, have like a three post relationship and, you know, you'd pay for these posts and it was, felt very much like an ad and it was very transactional. And I think both consumers and creators are moving into more of a model where they get to, you know, they're working with brands that they really love and can talk about really authentically and they want to support and they also care about and the values are aligned and um, it creates for better content. It creates, um, you know, a longer term relationship. And that's where we see, um, the most opportunity and the best results. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's a good observation to share too with other retailers who are listening um, because it, it definitely is an important change that's happened in the influencer space. And it sounds like you are working with these influencers who really curate your products um, as part of their content and their feeds and Yeah. I mean, they have to make sense in their own home. You know, I think there were times where we were like, oh, this person has so many followers and they have a great community and, but they're, you know, they're, they weren't our customer, you know, and it's, um, you know, I think that we've now gotten to a place where, you know, we've been able to um, work with such incredible creators who, you know, bring our products to life in their home so authentically and, you know, it's been, it's been amazing to watch. So I think we've definitely taken more of the quality over quantity approach and just focused on people who, yeah, would be probably purchasing our products anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. No, some of the posts I follow, I think her name's Ashley Homsner. 
Rosemary. Yeah. She's the best. Oh, you, okay. You know, you know of her. Yeah. So I of mean, course. amazing. I want to just jump into her bed whenever she shares. I know. And she's been picture. one of our, um, one of the best influencers for us to work with. And, you know, we have a relation, I have a relationship with her on Instagram. You know, I'm always so blown away by how she styles our products and she's created so much incredible content. And it's been such a, um, reciprocal relationship for us both. And that's like the best of the best, you know, you find people, um, who were fans ahead of time and then find ways to work together and really, um, yeah, create something really special. And, you know, then audiences really appreciate that and it feels so authentic and it doesn't feel like an ad and it feels like you're just getting a glimpse of, of into someone's home and, and what inspires them. And it, it's really just the best. Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, in a way it's not an ad when it is not exactly for the creator and the brand. So it's amazing. I, I did notice, I mean, parachute has a pretty strong breadth of assortment in the home category. Um, I think I could argue that you're very well known. One of the first things that comes to mind is quality linen, um, quality bedding. Was that strategic? Is that how you, was that, is that your core where you started or what would you say the the connection. Sure. So we, we started with, um, with sheets, um, linen came second. It was in the second, um, fabrication or I guess third, technically I launched with percale and sateen. Um, but yes, um, you know, it was very intentional to start with bedding. Um, I really looked at the home category and realized that there wasn't really a textile first business. And I felt, um, so passionately that, you know, these are the products that we touch and use every day. They're the most intimate part of our home. They're so beautiful. Um, and they really can create such an incredible impact in your space. Um, yet most of them can, most people were considering them somewhat of an afterthought. So I was very excited to, um, introduce our brand to people through this category and, build trust within the bedroom and the sleep experience and then expand into other categories. But, um, yeah, it's been, you know, bedding is, is, is where we started. It's something that, you know, will always be a big part of our business. Um, yeah, that's exciting. I mean, I, my brother-in-law says anything you put your weight on chairs, furniture, your bed, you should invest more in those areas. I love that. Yeah. What's next for Parachute? Do you have anything that you can share on, on the horizon uh, with the listeners? Sure. So we are opening, we've got 15 stores today and we're opening another 15 this year. So chances are we might be in your neighborhood soon. Um, we are also really excited about, we launched our first real furniture collection last fall and we are introducing um, more furniture this year. So that's something that we're very excited about. Um, but yeah, we've got some really interesting collabs coming up that will be really fun. Um, can't say a ton there, but we've got one with a top, top interior designer coming in April. So yeah, stay tuned. But lots of things happening this year. Very cool. It sounds like it. And I'm super excited for the, the physical store expansion. That will be really cool. I can't wait to check you guys out in person finally. Um, yeah. and thank you, Ariel K, founder and CEO of Parachute Home. If you're listening, please go check them out. They're amazing. Follow them on Instagram. And Ariel, if someone wanted to reach out to you directly, could they do that through LinkedIn or what's the best way to reach you? You know, I am never on LinkedIn, but um, if they wanted to chat via Instagram, my DMs, my Instagram is Ariel K. 
that might be the best way to do it. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show and I hope to have you on again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. That's this week's Retail Rundown. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time. Oh,